Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by the incomparable Lee Wishman. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Of no course. Problem. Yeah. yeah, we've had a fun little... So, um, preface, I think, what we need to preface is uh, we have the cats locked up in the bedroom right now and Oscar has half a sandal through the bottom of the door to our bedroom and he's just slowly pulling it. And so the reason I'm saying that this needs to be a preface is because we're all just dying at it. We have been for the last like 10 or 20 minutes. We have it took us like a little while to start because of it, I think. I don't know um, if it was 10 or 20 minutes. It's over the last 10 or 20 minutes okay. I think we've been. Um so if there's a point where we stop and just go, "Oh my god." Yeah. It's because of that. Because he's either managed to we're basically hoping that it's like that scene in the office when they're watching that the DVD player box, like, go from corner to corner, and they're like, it's going to get right in the corner. Like, we're all just hoping that he's going to pull this door, this sandal Aww. completely under the door. This is where your listeners are going to wish this was on video. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, hilarious. Cool. Well, so, uh, you have been on the show in the past, for, but for our potentially uh, new listeners, or listeners, yeah, new listeners that, that didn't catch that interview, um, first off, we figured out how to get all of our podcast episodes up on iTunes again. So you can get all, I think we're at like 68 episodes now. Um, you can get all of those on your uh, iPhone now, not just the most recent. I think it was 40 or something. Oh, also, um, you were last on 51 episodes ago. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing how much you've done. <laughs> <laughs> that was in mid-March, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, so just as kind of a refresher, would you mind telling us a little bit about the uh, Chicago Actors Call to Action? Absolutely. CACTA for short. CACTA. <laughs> so I formed this organization shortly after the election, and our mission is to utilize the Chicago acting community's resources, unique talents, passions, and uh, special skills to raise awareness and money for vital organizations that need our support under the current administration. And we're about to have our sixth event. Mm-hmm. That's also crazy. <laughs> so how have the past how have the past couple gone? Everyone, it feels like we're getting tighter and tighter. Mm. We're learning so much from you know, putting them on. So trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work how to tighten up the shows themselves. One of my planning committee me- uh, members recently said to me after the last event in May for Mental Health Awareness Month, she goes, I think we're almost ready for the big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you could start producing like large scale. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's so fun. And I uh, especially love, uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about the June theme is that the right word for it sure so well it's pride month Mm -hmm. and um we're very excited to have an all lgbt lineup of actor singers performing for us and our beneficiary for the event is equality illinois we're going to have the uh, director of development from equality illinois being our speaker our spokesperson for the event and then We've since implemented a Q&A after the shows. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is great. So for the audience members that want to stay around, they can ask specific questions to the spokesperson. And then we ask the beneficiary to provide us with action items so that we're now saying, you know, your first step to the audience 
is buying a ticket and coming to the event, but it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. We want you to come out of this event feeling inspired and motivated to take action. And so we asked the beneficiaries to give us action items and they've been bringing in, you know, things that people can take with them mm-hmm. with very concrete action steps. That's amazing. And it really, um, it's a really awesome foil to our conversation we just had yesterday, which is, um, we were talking a bit about, um, kind of recent events in, um, in the white house, uh, administration, kind of like national news stuff, which the, um, the deletion of the pride month information on the white house page. And obviously it's not, I, I'm, we were saying, making the case for it basically being revisionism versus like distraction tactics. And we don't have to touch too much onto that topic specifically, but we kind of like fleshed that out, talked a little bit about Catherine Gilfin, talked about other things. Um, but where we ended up coming to at the end was, um, you know, it's really easy to get, to start uh, bogging into all of these things um, that are happening right now and to kind of like wade into the sludge and then just come out of it covered in it, you know? And so I think that it's important to both recognize the things that are terrible that are happening, but also find like really positive, really, um, action filled, really, um, uh, productive ways to kind of better influence the world around you, knowing what you know. And I I think that, um, what you all are doing, um, is very much, that vein and very much like something that needs to be supported. Um, and I'm, and you know, I think that there are obvious questions that we will also touch on about being, um, an organization that's gone from two months into six months in. Um, but I'm also really interested in, uh, as a person who, um, has now developed this outreach wing, um, what in the last, what has, have you seen as far as like being this, uh, font of action? Like, what do you, what's your advice now for people that uh, want to get more involved? Like how, how has that, uh, how has the like political bent of it all uh, progressed for you? You mean get more involved in general with the politics? Yeah, both yeah. that and specifically um, with your organization. <clears throat> with so, our yeah. organization. So with our organization, the easiest thing anyone can do is go to our website chicagoactorscta.org and sign up and get our um, email blasts and you can donate even if you don't come to one of the shows you can donate to that beneficiary through our website uh, but we or go to, and go to our facebook page at, where we try to have the beneficiary give us action items that we post throughout the month mm-hmm. so it may be sign this petition call this congressperson so that we're the focus is really around the beneficiary it's not so much the focus is we're putting on this show the focus mm-hmm. is we want to highlight and spotlight this this uh, organization and the vital work they're doing and promote them so by raising awareness so that's why you know we're called a call to action so mm-hmm. we want to give action items concrete steps that people can take and then we've implemented this Q&A starting in March actually after I last spoke to you which was really great I mean people seem to really stay and feel so motivated by the show but also by the beneficiaries and what they're doing and so that was for the ACLU and I remember asking the Illinois spokesperson from the ACLU I said well you know we're all bombarded 
like daily with politics now with um, just so many email blasts and sign this petition, go on this protest, call this representative. It seems like nonstop right, every day. And I said, well, realistically, what if we realistically have five, 10 minutes a week to take time to do something so that we're not feeling overwhelmed? What's the best use of our time? Because it's hard to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was great. She said, the best use of your time is, can be calling your representatives. And I said, well, our representatives support the same causes we do. What about that? And she said, they need to hear from you anyway because mm -hmm. they keep tally of all the numbers. And it's so important to do that. Yeah. We have a friend who is um, an intern with Jane Schakowsky. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, Daniel. Jan oh, sorry, Jan Schakowsky. Mm -hmm. I've been up since 3 45. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good day to so you all. So, after maybe it was like a, a half month ago, um, I wrote a very specific letter to Jan Schakowsky <laughs> that it had to do with it was like when they were voting on um, repealing and replacing health care of the, of the Obamacare. And I literally wrote a letter to her that said, I'm pretty sure I'm, I might be paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure I'm directly quoting it. Um, I, I refuse any move to repeal and replace Obamacare slash Affordable, the Affordable Care Act with anything less than universal single-payer health care. And I sent, I wrote that letter, or sentence, and I just copy and pasted it over and over again to, like, it was about three paragraphs long. It was, like, a whole letter of just that sentence over and over again. <laughs> um, and so, and the reason I'm, I'm not, like, so, uh, aggrandizingly being like, I'm so amazing with this, but, like, what, happened, what was amazing about it was that um, I was, like, uh, I texted Julia and I was like, you got to apologize to Jan for me. Like, I'm so sorry. Cause she's the more progressive. I also sent that letter to Dick Durbin and to Tammy Duckworth. And she was like, no, uh, we got your letter. She loved it. Um, <laughs> like keep up That's and it excellent. helps because you exactly what you're saying. Like they keep a tally of how, um, how voters feel, mm -hmm. you know, That's like a super important do you do you know about daily action? So mm -hmm. it's, it's you can find it. Uh, they have a website and Facebook page, but basically you can set it's you can send an easy text message number and the, to sign up, and then they will send you a daily action that can you can do in less than a minute. Cool. Which is like call your rep and specifically ask for this, and then you mm -hmm. call you you just respond, and then you hear they'll tell you kind of to prep you for what it is uh today's daily action is this and we're you know here's why here's the background and you can look find more about it and then you can call so i was calling representative mike quigley like all the time and like finally i said to the guy and they answer some of those a lot of the representatives offices they just are so inundated they don't answer but so i was talking to the guy like every day it seemed and I said is it worth it for me to keep calling you every day I know he supports these issues and he goes yeah we've got a few of you guys and it's yeah. good to hear from you <laughs> we'll add you to our list cool. cool yeah and I'm sure it's nice to have someone when you're on that side it's nice to get the phone call from someone being positive you know what I mean like it's because hmm. it's gotta be I remember working so I worked at a call center for a spell and it's demoralizing not specifically, I didn't work for a political call center. I worked for like, a, I had, you know, I had to wage slave as a telemarketer for a while. Um, 
and it's demoralizing. And I could only imagine that getting those phone calls like was a, bl- a brief blip of positivity and otherwise like complain filled. Absolutely. A lot of times they even they tell us call them to thank them right for supporting this bill that's just as important to give the positive feedback where we're behind you Mm -hmm. and it's it's really refreshing to me that um because i i have kind of a mental block about calling these representatives for that very reason of you know i live in a democratic district i know for a fact that my representatives believe the same thing i do so why do I, you know, why am I calling it? And it's, it's this fear of an echo chamber. Um, but it's, it's amazing to know that it actually does make a difference. Like mm-hmm. you, even if it is a presumed echo chamber and they're like, absolutely, I completely agree with you. It's like, you're at least doing something. You're, you're reaffirming, especially, I can't imagine being, being a politician like someone in public office right now especially if you are someone in public office who is opposing what's currently going on it must be so punishing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the outpouring of support for them must be really crucial i would think yeah yeah i was thinking about that i thought there's so many different ways that we might put up the fight right and and we have a quality illinois coming and I used to volunteer for Quality Illinois back in the day, and I always associate them with they were one of the big advocates for marriage equality, and they were mm-hmm. fighting for marriage equality all these years. And I thought, well, now that we have federal marriage equality, well, now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then? And then. Yeah. One step forward. But I thought, um, well, of course, they're incredibly relevant because... There's so many ways in which we're needing to still fight for LGBT equal rights and right. civil rights. Of, and, and they are doing that on the state, county, and city level. And uh, I was researching, you know, more specifically what they do. And, I th- and it, you know, one, to me, one of the biggest things, most important things they do is they're helping in the elections of politicians who support lgbt causes and i thought well that is probably the most vital thing all of us can be doing which is Mm -hmm. getting out to vote and voting to elect people into office that are going to have some power that support equal rights and civil rights 2018 i think is going to be one of the most important elections in history yeah (laughs) just because um you know, whether whether this president is impeached or if he stays on for all four years, either way, we do not have an ally mm-hmm. in the executive branch. Mm-mm. There is no one out there is looking out for any of our interests. And um, it's just, it's shocking. And so yeah. if, if we, we've lost the executive branch... We need to get back. We need to get back the House and mm-hmm. the Senate. It's it's ridiculous. And I'm a I'm a broken record at this point. But as far as like trying to find positive uh, things that are going on globally, I mean like Britain right now. Britain right now is such an interesting election. I don't know if you've caught any of it, but like they uh, Theresa May, who's the Conservative Party head, called the snap election, and now the Labour Party had Jeremy Corbyn, who's like a low key socialist, mm-hmm. big, just like progressive, just champion. 
um, is doing fantastically in the polls. And that's immediately following. And I mean, I, I think there are definite critiques uh, from a leftist perspective with um, Emmanuel Macron. But you can't ignore the fact that it was an outright rejection of, of fascist regime in France. And so, I mean, like there is this, you know, post Brexit, post um, Trump, there is this uh, global kind of um, fight back against these nationalistic um, seemingly fascist even um, ideals that are happening right now and I'm that's why I'm really interested and I think we can't really know for sure what 2018 is gonna look like until January 1st but I think what we got to keep doing is exactly what we're doing you know you see both sides of it and you right. see it just getting so much more heightened yeah. on both sides so I guess one you were saying earlier that there's got to be positive sides to what right. we're doing. And I think one of the things is people are so activated. I mean, when we had our first event, it was right after the inauguration and the Million Women Marches for Planned Parenthood. So people were super motivated and activated, and we sold out a week before our event. Mm -hmm. But that was right at that time, which would make sense that people were highly charged. And now six months in, the question would be, are people still motivated and activated to fight or are they starting to lose steam become complacent com either become complacent or become burnt out yeah but it seems like no yeah. <laughs> not yet right. i think people are just still horrified and angry and uh, motivated i think this is something that we talked that we've talked about before but I'm 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 pleasantly surprised that with the constant onslaught of negativity and just like crazy, le legitimately crazy events that are unfolding, that I'm glad that instead of getting burnt out, that people are getting re-energized. And I think I think what's doing it is that he's diversifying his crazy. It's not mm. like he's only railing against immigrants you know or he's only railing against the lgbtq community like all of the like it's equal opportunity and like in small bursts so like it's almost like it's almost like each marginalized population gets a little break yeah <laughs> while he focuses on it he's like oh poor people and immigrants are like oh okay we get to chill for a second <laughs> but maybe it also helps us all unify absolutely together yeah. Like, we're all in this together, guys. Yeah. That's the, um, I think that might be one of the strongest cases against impeachment. And I, I mean, obviously he, I think he's, like, was uh, worthy of being impeached when he stepped foot into office being, like, a, a fucking rapist. Let's be real. Sorry, <laughs> trigger warning. I'm that not, I already said it. I'm sorry. Um, um, sorry. You can't say trigger warning after you say yeah <laughs> yeah um anyway let's that would be uh, like let's spoiler. keep spoiler um but uh but the thing is trump provides such a figurehead to hate like he, it's so easy to like rally behind <clears throat> being against him um pence scares the shit out of me so john oliver was what inspired partly inspired me to start the group yeah. mm -hmm. and i've been watching some more of his recent shows and he had one which was that week when it seemed like every day something else was happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so he talked about the idea of what if he gets impeached? And he said, it's not pretty because this is the lineup of who's next. Right. 
and if it's Pence, and then who's after Pence? Paul and then, Ryan. Yeah, and then who's after Paul Ryan? Does anyone even know? And he, he just listed, and it's like, it's scary no matter what. Plus, the chances of getting impeached are so minimal because he has the House and Senate. Yep. And it would take a really long time, potentially. But in the meantime, the thing is, um, you know, it you you, got, you also got to be thinking about 2020. And I think it, it's easy to run someone against someone. Maybe if we can push the impeachment off until 2019. And then he's like, he can just get impeached like the last day he's in office. And then he goes out in disgrace. And we also can elect someone else from the Democratic Party. Or from, I don't fucking know. If we, I don't know. <laughs> there was part of the thinking today. I was like, well, the Republicans have, like the Democratic Party is in the lowest place that it's ever been. And um, although like it's done great work in the past, like, if there was a, a, a huge 30-party resurgence in the next year, like before 2019, I'd be very interested in that because it might be the chance for that to happen. And this is like completely conspiracy theorist, like crazy talk over here at this moment. So on that note, I'd actually love to trans uh, transition into... Um, I want to... Uh, so can you talk a little bit about the concert specifically? Like what kind of... Well, did you guys also have thoughts? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that, and maybe this is, like, the, like, closet, like, little, like, the tiny fraction of centrist that I have left in me. I don't, I disagree with you. Well, I, uh, I like, think I th that there needs to be I think that a the revolution. Demo anyway. I think that the Democratic Party needs to shape up, and that they need to organize, and that they need to unify yeah. And I, being a pro, being a progressive-minded person, mm -hmm. I hope that they skew left. Well, so here's the third-party argument. The idea behind people that are, like, going... That are, like, let's be third-party. And I'm not saying I fall directly into this camp. What I'm saying is, the idea is, is that there are enough people that have didn't vote, basically. There are enough independents that think similarly that would make up a party. And I think that that, that is to be something I'd be interested I mean, you're talking about 50% of the population didn't vote. So if you if you got a quarter of the population interested in democratic socialism, for example, I, I'd, I'd be really interested to see what that looked like over the next two years. And um, and I also think that it's, it's really easy to be like, well, um, the people that would then, like, Bernie or Bust types. It's like, Bernie or Bust types has a, have a, an extremely... Um, misrepresented percentage in the uh in the group of like bernie sanders supporters and i'm using air quotes if you want to call it that um because of the fact that they're like twitter fucking douchebags and so they're like the it seems like there's thousands of them when in reality it's just 10 dudes that have like made five accounts on twitter and are just like harassing women so like it's yes it's terrible yes it's wrong but it's there's a misrepresentation of what percentage of people are actually these fucking sexist douchebags my curiosity is if my curiosity is if um like Donald Trump being elected was a reaction to I th I think it was a reaction to the party system and it was people voting for him thinking that the system was broken and they needed a change yeah and now that now that they're seeing what this change means are people going to fall back into the party system or are people going to seek the other end of the pe pendulum of change? Well, that's the thing is the interesting thing would be is if they 
See, this is why I want to get into the topic because now we've, yeah. we've we've now had a conversation about nothing to do with your organization for like a good. That's all right, but I have a question for you guys now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have a thought on what we're talking about. Yeah. So, I guess my thought is, if people are genuinely more motivated and activated, if we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes, or a lot of people, younger people, have never seen anything like mm-hmm. this in our lifetime. Is this like a wake-up call? Are people going to say, I need to vote. My vote matters. That's the biggest thing I can do. And I can't just sit back and not vote. And I can't just, um, you know, cast a vote for someone that isn't going to win an election. I agree with you. And I think that provides a really powerful opportunity that um, if we're... I don't think that uh, capitalizing on that opportunity is going to be uh, a matter of uh, ha- having a candidate to vote for against Donald Trump that is kind of milk toast, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, I mean, I think that uh, you're going to get more of a of a of a fevered reaction um, by someone that is pushing the envelope, mm-hmm. that is pushing for progressive change, because that I think is how you capture those people that were like, I want to I want to shake up the system, so let's vote Donald Trump. And don't get me wrong, those are terrible people, but there's it's not. It's not for lack of, like, the fact that the Democratic Party is extremely dis, uh, disconnected from the working class, you know? The Democratic Party is very much a, like, in the same way that the, the establishment Republican Party is extremely for, like, financial gain and, and people, like, late capitalism, and I call it late capitalism because that's, because I'm a low-key leftist, is, like, this... Low-key. Low-key. <laughs> <laughs> I, is like we're living in a low key what does that even how, mean yeah it's yeah. like he's he's like i fly under the radar with how le- leftist i am no. I, I don't think i do anymore no. i don't i personally feel like elizabeth warren cory booker might be a beautiful ticket but that's just my own. i'd love elizabeth warren cory booker uh is, a, is like surprisingly more problematic than you would think yeah he's got yeah i mean like Basically, he'll on any kind of finance, like big bank kind of votes, he has a lot of big bank donors, and so he will usually vote uh, against workers, against against his own like race to some extent. There's been actual, and I'm not just saying this is like a white person saying this. Like there have been like black communities that have been like this. He's kind of not really done the best thing for us. So the very thing we're saying we want to get away from. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Here's my question to you guys. So, does it seem like the Democrats in office now are fighting more than we've ever seen them to stand up against what's happening? I think so. I do too. Um, And I, I have seen, and perhaps it's because I'm myself more involved, but there are like fringe you know, like congresswomen and, you know, senators and all of these, you know, left, you know, all of these democratic public servants that are stepping up and making their voices heard. Like there's that, there are countless videos of these, um, these like committee members railing against Betsy DeVos, who there are two, two individual, two videos in particular that I'm thinking of, um, where I had never seen either of these women before, but oh my god, they were so they were so focused and so like like dead set on f- and on fighting, mm-hmm. and it, it was so 
I think that that kind of visibility and like spreading that message of just like resisting yeah. is so incredibly important. And so and so yes, I think that I think that our party is incredibly activated right yeah. now and I hope to god that that translates to the voters being more activated. Well, I wanted to to piggyback on what you're saying is that I think the best way to measure practical party unity if you want to call it that, meaning like um how much like how the vo- the party is voting on actual issues that are happening is by keeping an eye on how the Senate votes and how the con- House of Congress votes. And um yeah. C-SPAN has never been more important. <laughs> yeah. And so I think when you see an issue and or you exciting. have the yeah, other fake media. <laughs> yeah, for real. You have these couple of issues where um there is very clear party lines and I think the important thing to remember is that there are issues that for a long time being the minority party, I think they were the minority and then were the majority. I don't know how it actually worked the out. The Democrats but... were the minority until like 2006. Yeah. And then they held it for the past eight years or so. But now the Republicans are the majority. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, or are they ever. Um, but so um, what I was going to say is that ha- having been the minority, the Republicans are um, more willing to be lockstep. It's something I, I always think about is like the ability to, what they've done really well is be like, this is a party issue. This is a party issue. If you do not vote this way, your voters will remember this. And I think that that's something that's going on with the Democrats right now. Is like there's, because so many people are paying attention, people are paying attention to how their representatives vote. Um, and, you know, there were a couple votes when Trump was first elected, like a, like on certain issues about, like progressive politics issues. And there were memes and lists made of the 20 or 15 Democrats that didn't vote with their party and um yeah i think that there is more of that uh for different reasons i think that why a congressman potentially votes for a progressive cause may have more to do with like not wanting to lose their job than anything else right now but um but you can't ignore the fact that they're that you know that's what we want to some extent for the for the short term um if there aren't, I love this conversation, and I, I want to open it up to people to talk, to reach out and talk to us, but I also really want to talk to you about um, the upcoming event, because one thing I know specifically <laughs> about um, your work is how, uh, how high caliber the talent is, um, and I'm also interested in just kind of like the program generally and kind of like what's being performed and things like that, so... Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited about this next event. I've been excited about every event and mm-hmm. I I can genuinely speak to the fact that all of our events, the performances have been just outstanding across the board, singer actors. So that's mm-hmm. easy to say, yeah. but I'm not giving it lip service. I mean, it really has. And so for this specific event to celebrate Pride Month and a celebration celebration of LGBT rights, we wanted to make sure that the whole lineup of actor-singers and our guest MC were all representing the diversity in the LGBT community. And diversity comes in all kinds of ways, right? With gender, sexual orientation, with age. And we wanted to represent these different pieces of diversity in the lineup of talent so that was very important for me which is similar in february when we did it for black history month and naacp we had an all-black lineup of actor singers and a guest mc so i'm very excited yeah so we have delia crop is our guest mc and delia crop 
um, gender transitioned a couple years ago and made history as the first transgender actress in I Am My Own Wife for About Face Theater recently. Cool. Yeah. So that's really exciting to see. That's great. And Delia has been in the Chicago theater community since 1979. So it also represents that piece of age, which is really important to me. Because we have a lot of young talent as well. But to see someone who's lived through all these decades and seen the history in the politics and the LGBT movement, Mm -hmm. that's just... You know, speaks to that. Yeah, it's so refreshing to see because trans exclusivity is such an issue in progressive parties. Like, I mean, I follow a lot of like Marxist feminist pages. I don't anymore. I didn't follow them because turfism or like trans exclusionary radical feminism is such a prevalent like conversation. Um, so that's super. Like, my point is, is like it's amazing to do an LGBT event and and to make sure to heavily weigh the T. You know, exactly. And so, and then on, uh, and then we have a younger trans-identified person named Garcia who calls themselves an actor, poet, a young fugitive, and a gender abolitionist. And they do, (laughs) I love that, and they do spoken word, and they are the co-founder of Queer House, which is a safe and inclusive space that welcomes Chicago youth of color to share their art. And I believe Garcia identifies as Latinx. And so they're going to come and perform some of their work for us. So here, just with those two performers alone, we have, they're both trans identified. Um, and But then we have the age differential, which makes it really exciting. Well, and you also have like kind of a, a deeply embedded theatrical presence from the trans community and also like kind of a grassroots um like spoken word tradition like which i think is incredible because you know there are because in the performing arts field there are so many different ways that you can do it and so i think it's fantastic that you're showing not only are you giving a a voice and a platform to this currently incredibly downtrodden population but you're being dynamic about it which i think is incredibly important yeah yeah i think it's exciting to show that and have the audience be able to witness that and the audience isn't necessarily actors or lgbt people so to expose them to something they might not be that familiar with is Mm -hmm. equally important yeah right we have singers we have lucy smith um, who is a black woman from the south side of Chicago who um, has done a lot of music direction around the city. She um, music directed for Goodman, Steppenwolf, the Parkwest Theater, and uh, she, I believe she is the music director for Chicago's Fourth Presbyterian's Jazz at Four service. So, I mean, really phenomenal. And she uses... She infuses lots of different genres, traditional jazz, blues, gospel. Um, In addition, she composed and performed the music for the feature film Hannah Free and the documentary Woke Up Black, which is very exciting. And I believe she identifies as a lesbian. So we're representing that part of the rainbow as well Mm -hmm. yeah very exciting we have other singers matthew huston jordan del harris and becca brown 
And then we have Ted Hurl, who has been an activist, an uh, acting teacher, actor-director in Chicago um, for decades. And he was part of this project uh, written by, put together by um, Susan Lieberman, who is a playwright, Emmy-nominated and Jeff-winning playwright and script consultant and journalist and teacher. And she got together these six senior LGBT um, people and got to them to tell their own stories and put together, devised this uh, performance, the Personal Stories Project, and then has actors performing them. And that happened back in May at the Center on Halstead. And Ted Hurl is going to come and perform one of those pieces for us as well. I think that there is so much, and, and this speaks to all to all populations to all groups of people that really focusing in on stories that you before i go into this seniors as in senior citizens senior citizens gotcha i just wasn't making sure that wasn't like seniors in high school or something oh yeah yeah. (laughs) i wanted Um, to make that distinction (laughs) so um although that's good too yeah no senior if if one were to do that with seniors in high school, that would be just as just as interesting. Well, that reminds me, we also have Donnie Acosta, who is part of the About Face Theater outreach group, Ooh. which does go to schools and promotes LGBT education and awareness. Mm-hmm. So, and he's going to perform from one of their shows. I'm I'm glad, and you touched on this earlier. I'm glad that you're representing age. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you did that for this one and also the NAACP benefit mm-hmm. because because it has been such a ever-shifting, like the climate for those, for those communities has been volatile at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and to represent people and to tell stories of people who have experienced it, I mean, starting, you know, for for the black community, like from the civil rights movement, from the LGBTQ community, from like AIDS crisis and, and forward and even before. I mean, I think that it's, these are such important stories to tell, especially in a time where history is being erased and facts neglected. So, you know, hanging on to our lineage and hanging on to our history mm-hmm. is, has never been more important. So important. <laughs> I mean, if I even think of my own, just my own personal life, right? Um, being a teenager in the 80s, living through the AIDS epidemic, Ronald Reagan, and then in the 90s with Bill Clinton and the mm-hmm. Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the DOMA, right? And yeah. then thinking, never, I'll never see marriage equality in my lifetime. And then to have that, right? And to have lived through all that just in my own lifetime and to see where we are now. And it's so you have a very different perspective than people who might be younger and not have experienced those uh, times. So it makes, I guess, I, I'm more, I can be both more cautious mm-hmm. and hopeful mm-hmm. about where we are heading. Like it may be taking. T- you know, it may be slow increments, but we seem to be progressing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to go from a reality where you think 
that something will never happen to to the day that it happens right. and beyond and now people are growing up like oh that's just a given right yeah. when it was what 50 years ago when um you couldn't have interracial marriage and <laughs> and now you wouldn't even think twice about that yeah yeah and how long ago before women could even vote right and i think that's the thing that's always shocking to me with that is that because of the nature of the history of america and and how these things have have developed um it's, I think, really easy to think that because if, if you've only been paying attention to the last decade, even, let's say, or two decades, um, it's so easy to take for granted, um, you know, women's rights and um, cultural rights and, and uh, race rights and, and civil rights uh, generally. Um, but, you know, there are still... Uh, undereducated is probably the wrong word, but um, culturally disconnected individuals in, in rural areas or anything like that who are still the, of the ilk of the people that were pushing for segregation 50 years ago that were pushing for um or against rather um women's i'm sorry suffrage uh women's suffrage in the what was that the 20s right am i thinking of that correctly mm-hmm. the teens the teens um it's it wasn't that long ago and to think that we've to think that we're post-racism, to think that we're post—it's—it's it's, you're wrong. Like we need to be just as vigilant. And it's great if you are in a where, world where, like, oh, I couldn't. There couldn't be a blacks-only water fountain and a waters a whites-only water fountain. Okay, that's great that you, that you recognize that, but you can't assume that a hundred percent of a, you know, six hundred million uh, national population feels the same way that you do. It's just it's just foolish to, to think that. And I think that's kind of where my realization with people that are like, I'm so shocked Trump could have been elected. Because it's like, are, are you? And if, if you are, like, why? Like, are you? That's, I think, the biggest clue in that you might right. be living in a little bit of, a, of an um, ethical and uh, political bubble is when, like, not recognizing that, like, there are other people that, significant other communities that have, like, these ideological unifiers and when we look on a global level i mean look at what was happening look what's happening in chechnya yeah i mean if we talk about the relevance of needing to fight for lgbt rights Mm -hmm. um i mean it's still front and center it's horrific Mm -hmm. i mean it it happens to coincide that our events on june 12th and that's will be the one-year anniversary of the pulse nightclub yeah massacre Yeah. No, I, uh, and Chechnya, and that's to say nothing of also the atrocities that are happening in Africa mm-hmm. and just all over the world. And I think, um, and I keep saying things are so important, so important. It's because we're in this, we're in a time of crisis, mm-hmm. socio political crisis. And so there are so many things that we have to remember, and there are so many things that we have to be so vigilant about. Um, but one of them is paying attention to what's happening in the world. Um, Daniel mentioned this earlier, but like paying attention to what's happening politically in other countries, especially Europe. Now that, now that we're such a shit show yeah. and Europe is really the driving force for change at the moment. They are far more progressive than we are. Mm-hmm. The, the quality of life over there is so much higher 
and like we should be paying attention not only positive like paying positive attention to what's happening in europe but also be paying attention to all the horrible horrible shit that's happening around the world yeah all of the violence in the middle east and, and you know all of the, all of the stuff that you think of as a broken record but if you think of it that way it you don't think about it yeah, and I think one of the big issues with that too is, and I think it's something that that are on, that's like weirdly on the back of everybody's mind, and no one's talking about it enough, is globalization. And I especially think there's a big fear of globalization. Um, but the reality is, is that globalization has been a movement since the start of the UN, like since World War Two. Like we've been t- like talking about communicating with other countries which like that is not something to be afraid of and if anything we need to be aware of it because the thing is not only are we need to recognize that like when we elect a president when we elect a world leader for uh, our country um we're not just electing someone that's going to take things care of things uh at home but that's going to be our representative abroad you know when fucking trump goes to brussels and shoves a man out of the way so he can get a picture like sure i think that i think globally people recognize that like this was a weird election americans not all americans are this way but but still you know like what would you what would like if you shove went somewhere and shoved someone like even if someone gives you the benefit of the doubt of like maybe they were having an off night or something like that it doesn't look good like <laughs> it's not a good look like and um well, and, and yeah. we're, we're already starting to, and we totally diverged, diverted away from your event. Mm-hmm. So, like... We're impassioned. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know... We're fired we're, up we're, answer, we're answering your call to action. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this um, is a call to action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, we are, we are already experiencing the negative effects of having such a clown in the office. Yeah. Like, we're... Europe, I think, officially has taken away visa-free travel for Americans. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Which, no, that's actually accurate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you would, like, you can still travel there, but it's... But you have to get a visa. Which like, I think most countries have that um, relationship. And it's a, it's a matter of how strict the country's um, visa regulations are, like, as far as, like, what you actually need to do to get the visa. Sometimes it's very easy, sometimes it's much more difficult. But, you know, getting into America, for example, I think it's difficult. So I had, I have um, uh, a patient who is Mexican and just went back to renew his visa and got into a big difficulty and got stuck there and was at the U.S. Embassy there and had to stay longer because they were really pushing against him and yeah. to get our our senator involved his attorney involved i mean it was shocking yeah and he you know there was no reason for it he had no legal recourse that there and the lawyer said i've never seen anything like this it's a weird time i think that ignoring the fact that um racists for lack of a better term are emboldened right now is is foolish I think that we are in an extremely sensitive and, and volatile emotional place. Um, and, and on that vein, I actually have, we have a few minutes left. And so um, one of the other things we talked about yesterday and kind of talked about and kind of got off the subject was self-care. Um, and being a uh, mental health 
<laughs> practitioner, let's say. Um, I'd, I'd love to, um, I don't know how much we talked about it last time we had you on, but I'd love to just kind of like hear your general thoughts on self-care and like, because basically what we were talking about yesterday was, um, we were talking about the, um, cap, like a capitalistic move of like basically flaunting your wealth on like Instagram or something like that. And then we were kind of comparing that with, um, self-care and then like taking care of yourself and like treating yourself to some extent and i think that there is an like not obvious i think there's i don't even think a fine line there is definitely there are two different things i guess is my point and i don't think one should be condemned in critique of the other but i sorry to preface with all of my thoughts on this question i'm about to ask you but i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm following Daniel prefacing yeah. his thoughts johansson i'm a trained therapist yeah. yeah 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 that's good i know so anyway so i'd love to kind of um Basically, because I, I wanna, I want uh, it to kind of be tied into what we were talking about yesterday. Because that's the question I want to ask too. But I also, um, I'm also just generally curious about your thoughts on self care and, and how best to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great question because I think it's so challenging. It's become more challenging right now. I mean, I think we actually therapists have coined the term Trump induced panic disorder, and we're seeing it more mm-hmm. and more. And I find that with all of us getting bombarded by all this news every day, which makes us feel like we're living in a fascist country, as opposed to remember the days when you didn't have to think about politics every single day, Mm -hmm. and it's something else being thrown at us every day, and you don't know what's going to come next, and it puts us into this completely helpless, powerless feel, and just spinning, self-care is important more than ever and i think one of the things people can do is to really limit the amount of time they spend paying attention listening to the news watching the tv you know if you know we want to get our news but if we really put some boundary around it so that it's not consuming us Mm -hmm. because i think that's a piece of self-care is to pay attention to that how we're being inundated so that we can protect ourselves and then and one of the positive outspins I've been no- uh, noticing is that people s- seem to be more loving and supportive of each other. Like we were talking about, it's happening all across the board with lots of people. And so the more we can do in that way, even in small ways, to be loving and uh, caring about ourselves and other people... And then to do things for ourselves that are loving and caring. It can be small things. Take a bath. (laughs) Listen (laughs) to some music you like. But just... There is a side of this where I see people are intentionally being nicer. Yeah. And I think we need to do that. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's it's almost like trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So... Self-care can take many different shapes and sizes, and so, so it's different for each individual. For some people, it's um, relaxation. For some people, it's working out, doing an exercise regimen, taking a walk, getting some nice food, you know, making a nice meal. So it depends. But mm-hmm. whatever works for you, you know, even if and small things every day, yeah, spending time with people that you care about, you know, all of that, yeah. Cool. 
All right. Well, um, this has been a blast. Uh, we have a couple <laughs> minutes left, and I'm, I hope you remember the one last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything that you have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like a monthly show coming up. Other times it can also <laughs> include... Uh, funny that we talked about self-care today. It can talk about uh, your own self-care practices that you recommend. Um, also, uh, other people that are doing dope work. So, well, so uh, right, obviously, our next show is coming up next Monday, June twelfth. It's at the Uncommon Ground in Edgewater on Devon, and it's at seven. Doors open at seven, and you can find out more about us on ChicagoActorsCTA.org or our Facebook page, CACTA Chicago Actors Call to Action. And then our July event is on Monday, July tenth, and that's to benefit Refugee One. Cool. Yeah. So that's another one we can promote now. <laughs> And the best thing people, listeners and audiences can do to help us, aside from coming to our events and donating to these amazing organizations, is helping spread the word. We mm -hmm. really want to get the word out and grow our audience base about the work we're doing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. And if you want to keep up with what we're up to, there's a ton of ways that you can do that. First off, you can head over to scopymag.com. That is our website. That's S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G.com. -E um, there you can see uh, our, all of our articles that we've posted over the last three years that uh, that website's been going. Um, you can also see uh, a list of most recent episodes. Um, if you uh, want to keep with us, with, up with us and what we're up to on social media, you can do that starting off with uh, Facebook. Uh, that Our page there is Scopy Magazine. If you just search for that, you'll find it. Um, and on Facebook, we've been mostly promoting uh, our upcoming... Actually, it starts tonight. You'll hear this episode probably tomorrow, so this will have already happened. Oh, wasn't that concert great? So good. <laughs> um, but tonight we're doing a the first event of our Scopy Sessions, we're calling it. And that is our 20 performance series running from June to August. Um, we'll be performing every Tuesday and every Thursday night, short of a couple weeks. So just check to see check our page to see if we're actually if it's if that's that one week let off or not. But um, the next three weeks we'll be having performances at Nightcap Coffee over in Pilsen on Tuesdays. Um, on Tuesdays, and then on Thursdays we'll be up at Heartland uh, at the which what was once called the Red Line Tap, but is now called is now just part of the Heartland campus um, on Thursdays, uh, and so. Uh, Last night, today, tonight for us, last night for y'all, um, we did our 24 Italian Songs and Arias concert uh, Thursday. And it was a wild success. <laughs> Rave reviews. <laughs> um, Thursday night, we'll Watch be doing... Watch it got canceled. Yeah. I hope not. Jesus. Um, everybody dropped. Remount. Encore. <laughs> yeah. So Thursday night is our... Uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons. We'll be, we have a six-piece ensemble playing all of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. It's really fucking dope. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, we're actually getting having the all of the uh, players come and, and rehearse through the, for the first time. So maybe I'll post a video from that or something. I wonder if Vivaldi and Dope have ever been using the same sentence before right now. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Uh, the week after that, we're, we're dubbing it Rossini <laughs> Week. There's been a change in the program. We've been announcing um, Berez's... Uh, Beatitudes, but instead that will happen on our July 4th party night. So instead, the next following week, the 13th and the 15th, the Tuesday and the Thursday, we'll be doing two Rossini concerts. And so um, 
I was inspired from my work with uh, the Rossini Critical Edition to kind of look at some of the music there. Um, so Tuesday night we'll be doing Rossini's songs, and Thursday night we'll be doing some of his choir works. Um, the following week, on the Tuesday, we're going to have a premiere of a set of monodramas performed by Miss Emily Cox, com uh, composed by composer Daniel Felsenfeld, of um, three stories about women who have disappeared from their public personas. Um, and so that's really exciting. Uh, definitely check it out. Interesting feminist take on all that. Uh, and then on Thursday, that Thursday, so June 22nd, we're going to have a poetry night over at Redline Tap. It'll be super cool, intimate, and fun. Um, cool. Other than that, as far as uh, social media is concerned, you can head to at uh, scopymag, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. Um, as you just heard, we're doing a shitload of stuff, and we have not a shitload of money. Um, we would love to do more. We would love to um, be able to really put as much as we can into these performances, and we can't do that without a little bit of financial assistance. So anything they're able to do, we would love and appreciate. However, as Lee said, if you're not able to give, then what you can do to help us is spread the word, because that is crucial. Yeah. Um, it is so incredibly important. Um, without listeners, um, we are literally just the biggest narcissists in the world. <laughs> so, um, uh, except for one. <laughs> yeah, yes, we are the two, the second biggest narcissists in the world. So, um, please tell your friends. Please tell your mom. Please tell your dad. Tell your weird aunt. Um, everyone. Um, but if you are able to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our about section. Uh, if you become a monthly subscriber for as little as $5 a month, um, you will get a shout out on the show and um, a list of other fun things. One of them is that if we ever do shows in our apartment, then you get to come and hang out with us and um, see the show and we'll make some food and we'll chat afterward. It'll be really nice and intimate. Um, and yeah, we'll figure out some other shit. Yeah. Cause it'll be good. So yes, give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yeah.